Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Welcome to You Made Me Watch, the podcast where me, Mike Bobbitt, and my wife, Allison Bobbitt, make each other watch a movie the other has never seen before. We are 11 years apart, so those movies are far and wide. <laughs> like this week's movie. Yeah. Allison, you made me watch Beethoven. You made me watch. Why'd you make me watch this? You made me watch something that is. Thoughts? Totally. It's a weird movie. It's a John Hughes movie mm-hmm. and it's surprisingly dark. Like it's yeah. sort of set up like a kid's movie, but the antagonists in the movie are trying to collect dogs with large skulls to find out how this new ammunition will well, fuck up their brains or well, head skulls. This one particular thing is what's happening. Well, he's. The antagonist in the movie. Yes. No, what I mean is that, like, the dogs are also being, like, experimented on with, like, other things. Right. Yeah. But, yes, that is, that's why he wants Beethoven, is because he wants to see how this ammunition will mess. Affect his brain when he gets shot Shot in the head. Shot in the head. It's so dark. this kid's movie. Yes. It's very dark. Yeah. I understand Tim Burton doing darker stuff Mm -hmm. because... Um, kids have a darker sensibility. That's true. But But. (laughs) there's a big difference between Coraline and shooting a large dog in the head to see how it explodes. This movie was not what I expected. (laughs) It it starts off kind of slapsticky. You have two Mm -hmm. bumbling crooks, which kind of reminded me of the bumbling idiots that he also had in Flubber. Flubber. And I guess... Home Alone, for that matter. Yeah. Like, he likes to write bumbling idiot crooks. This time they're played by Oliver Platt and Stanley Tucci, who in real life are super good friends and have done a bunch of movies together. Mm -hmm. And were fun. Yeah, they were fun. And the villain, which was great casting, played by Dean Jones, Mm -hmm. who's like the driver in the Herbie the love bug movies and Mm -hmm. known for being like this Disney leading man. Nice guy. Yeah. Just has these like really thick Coke bottle glasses, Coke bottle glasses that actually reminded me of, um, from Blade Runner and, um, Oh, the shining Joe Turkle. Yeah. Joe Turkle. Yeah. He looks so much like Joe Turkle. Yeah. <laughs> with the glasses. And I was like, oh, Wait, yeah, is does. this Joe Turkle? Am I seeing another Joe Turkle movie? <laughs> and then when I realized, you know, who it was, I was like, 
get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Because I, I grew up on those Disney movies that Dean Jones was in. Yeah. And uh, he's not the star of uh, Cat from Outer Space, was he? I don't think so. Okay. No, no, that was uh, Ken um, from Mama's Family. Ken Berry. Yes, that's yeah, right. But they're, I'm sure, went out for a lot of the same, the same roles. roles. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Holy shit. What a dark fucking movie. Yeah. It's totally like, I haven't watched it since I was a kid. Tonally, I'm like, wow, this movie's really uneven because the, like you said, the antagonist is so dark, but there's also like uh, a. You to beat, even get there, uh, he's like, oh, we're going to have to put your dog to sleep. Yeah, because your dog's. Like, like he, he shows up at their house and is like, we got to be careful with these big dogs and the rabies vaccine. And then he goes over there and like pretends the dog attacked him and like slaps a dog. I mean, they yeah. cut away so you don't see it. But right. He like slaps a dog around and like pretends to be covered in blood. And it's it's bonkers. And there's kind of like a beeline antagonist in Charles Grodin. Yeah. Charles Grodin plays Charles Grodin. Yes. <laughs> Which it, it's just put upon father. Yeah. <laughs> I guess Charles Grodin was a really nice guy in real life. But man, he always looks irritated to be anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, he has a. He's really good at doing that pained like uh, look on his yeah. face. It's so funny, and um, his his wife played by Bonnie Hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are three children who are, you know, adorable little nerds. The daughter is really the only one who went on to <gasps> any um the older daughter. The older daughter, yeah, yeah. She went. She's on, still she was working. In, like, the nanny and when the nanny was on and you know she yeah she she's still done, works yeah she, she's she a plays a lot actress. of uh adult parts in kid movies yeah. and stuff like that i think the boy uh the boy and the 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 youngest daughter the boy a, was in the show called step by step with yes, um i remember yeah patrick duffy and suzanne summers mm-hmm. but yeah the the daughter the youngest daughter I don't think she really went on to do. Well, she had a small part in Father of the Bride, yeah, and that's it. And this kindergarten cop, and yeah, you know, she's probably one of those kids that got out of it. Luckily, maybe she yeah. had good parents. I'm sure she was like, yeah. okay, we're good. And and I guess there are other antagonists: David Duchovny and Patricia Heaton. Yeah, uh, who are like the slimy. They're trying to swindle Charles, Charles Grodin, Grodin out, out of, of his, his company. air freshener company. Yeah, yeah. who. Uh, get dragged through the neighborhood by beethoven it's a fucking weird movie man it is so basically just a really quick synopsis is you know we're kind of it starts dark where these people are stealing puppies um for nefarious reasons it's not real clear but there's just kind of a oh yeah people are stealing puppies for something and it's uh stanley tucci and um oliver platt stealing Beethoven from a a pet store and Beethoven and another little dog managed to escape and Beethoven finds his way to Charles Grodin's house and the kids fall in love with the dog and so Charles Grodin can't bring himself to take the dog away even though he hates it mm-hmm. um and then, you know, the dog makes everyone's lives better, except for seemingly Charles Grodin. Uh, and then he takes the dog to the vet, 
and the vet sees an opportunity because he's actually a bad guy because uh, he needs to test this ammunition out on a big dog. And St. Bernard's are huge, which is the type of dog Beethoven is. And so he hatches a plot to get him to surrender the dog and, you know, says, oh, the rabies vaccine may make your dog aggressive. Be careful. And then goes to his house and pretends that the dog attacked him and says, listen, I'm going to press charges if you don't surrender the dog. Charles Grodin starts having second thoughts and goes to go get the dog, only to find out that the veterinarian does not have all these stitches in his arm. He wasn't attacked. And he's like, give me my dog back. And they follow him to the secret lab where he's doing all of these things. And, uh... Uh, they end up, the whole family ends up kind of saving the day. Yeah. You know, it's a team effort. We thought, because on the Universal Tour, they do say that uh, Wisteria Lane, which is so many Universal things, like Desperate yeah. Housewives, that's why it's called Wisteria Lane. Yeah. It's also like Colonial Drive and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. The Burbs. The Burbs with Tom was Hanks, there. Munsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Want to say Leave it to Beaver, maybe? Probably. Um, some of the tour guides will say that Beethoven was shot there. Beethoven's house was not shot no. there, but when the dogs are running down the street, yes. it is shot on that street. Yeah, I think that the house that they use in this movie it was used is used pretty regularly. It's pretty familiar looking. I mean, it's very basic. No, it's just a colonial house from South Pasadena, and a lot of those houses look the same. Okay, maybe that's what yeah. it is. It's just yeah, Pasadena for uh for the midwest yeah pasadena is high enough in the mountains that you can start getting a lot of trees that are native to the midwest yeah the higher up that you go north of pasadena even more so uh so pasadena stands in a lot for everywhere america like peewee's big adventure uh, back to the future Mm -hmm. um a lot of stuff like that if you just want it to take place Anywhere, anywhere USA, yeah, South anywhere Pasadena. USA, yeah, it is. I mean, it's a nice, it's very nice, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty generic looking. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those movies that the I exact really address is fourteen oh five Milan Avenue, Ooh, South Pasadena. Nice. So if you want to go there, you might be able to take a photo in front of it, like Mike and I used to do at. <laughs> When we lived in LA. I'm sorry, that was the Seventh Heaven House. Oh. Beethoven House is 1230 Milan Avenue. Oh, okay. So very close. Yes. Halloween. Yeah, we, we <laughs> yeah. lived actually pretty close to the Nightmare on Elm Street house. Yeah, which is LA, but uh, the Halloween, Halloween movies house. were Halloween movies uh, house is Pasadena there. as well, too. Um, So isn't Doc Brown's house in Pasadena? Doc Brown's house was in, yeah, Pasadena. Um, too. So we yeah. stopped there. Basically, just go to Pasadena, y'all. Yeah, you'll um, find plenty. <laughs> right. Yeah, I could not get into this movie. I like Bonnie Hunt. Uh, her role is very typical and mm-hmm. um, just... She gets appropriately mad when her kid almost drowns. Yeah. Which is a nightmare situation. I was like, oh my God. Like, I forgot about that scene and I got really upset about it. I was kind of excited to watch some sort of enjoyable fluff. <laughs> And I didn't think that I was going to dislike this so much. Oh, like, no. I feel like maybe it's just also the news that I read, but mm-hmm. I am way less enamored by John Hughes than I used to be. I feel like John Hughes 
has way more misses than he has hits. And I feel yeah. like his hits are probably really responsible uh, to directors doing a good job. Well, I mean, with the exception of Breakfast Club, which, you know, he did himself. But yeah. I know Breakfast Club is problematic. But let's give Home Alone credit to Chris Columbus instead of John Hughes. Yeah. Because you can kind of see how a very similar script it in this mm-hmm. and in Flubber is kind of garbage. Yeah, the formula doesn't work with everything. Yeah. You know, he's trying to... He, he, you can see that he's clearly created this formula. Yeah, and it's um, it it you can't just keep reusing it. It doesn't work. I wish we still lived in L.A. that so I could go to the Writers Guild Library. Oh yeah, because I would love to read like an early draft of Home Alone, and I bet it has like tonally some really weird like. <laughs> yeah. The wet bandits are also raping oh, women or something. Uh, yeah, something else like that. weird. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I feel like like you said, like the more John Hughes movies that we watch, the more I'm like, what was the big deal with him? Like he's not he has some classics, but sometimes I'm like, is it just nostalgia? Yeah. Is, is it just that they were like hits at the time because they were like teen movies i i think it was just the fact that he was one of the few people making teen movies that weren't after school specials at that time yeah like he found a good target audience and kind of stuck with it and then whenever he tried to kind of veer away from that or change anything it did not work yeah because i mean there's a whole subplot in ferris bueller's day off that's cut out too like ferris has another sibling oh a third like a yeah there's a three there's a brother yeah ferris has a brother too Mm, so i didn't know that yeah there's a lot cut out that uh, yeah i just and sometimes editing can save Look at Star Wars. Exactly. You know, (laughs) editing and and music can really do a lot to save a movie. Yeah. I found Beethoven to be pretty upsetting. Part of me was like, oh, maybe this will be fun and we can watch all the Beethoven movies because I do like Charles Grodin. But I feel like Charles Grodin is very misused in kid movies where I Because he's a grumpy dad. That's all he is. Yeah. Like he's much more suited for stuff like Midnight Run. Yeah. Than he is for he's, Grumpy Dad. He's he's a lot better, and you know he's able to do more than just grimace and yell because that's really all he did in this movie. And Bonnie Hunt really didn't do much except get mad when the babysitter is neglecting her kid. The woman who played the babysitter. This was her last movie, and then she died. I wonder if it's related. <laughs> no, I think she had cancer. That's sad. Yeah. Do you think it was the movie? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry. What I'm the sorry. Fuck's wrong with you. My our child is contracting inside of my stomach, and he's driving me crazy. I wish I could come up with like anything good to say about this, but I really can't. Like, the dog was really good. Sure. I mean, I thought he was like very well trained. You know, yeah, they had multiple dogs, even though yeah. only one dog is credited. Yeah, uh, the dog is named Chris 
I believe. That's hilarious. I, I don't like giving pets names like Chris. I think that's weird because I love it. You love that? I love that. Yes. I told you I want a name. Like if we ever got a German Shepherd, his name would be Burt Reynolds. Yeah. So there are other people that were higher choices to play George Newton, the um, Charles Grodin role. Mm Mm-hmm. Let me get your thoughts on some of these. Some of these I, I just can't see at all. Okay. Uh, Steve Martin, I think, would be a, yeah, a big improvement. Yeah, he could do it for sure. Yep. John Candy, I think, would have worked. Yeah. Danny DeVito, I could not see. Danny DeVito has a crankiness to him. Yeah, he's a little too crotchety. I don't think it would have worked. Yeah, I couldn't see Bill Murray doing it either. No, no, no. Uh, Dan Aykroyd just seems too weird to me to play that would, a it would dad be, role. Yeah. No, I don't see it. I can't see Jeff Goldblum as a suburban Absolutely dad. Absolutely not. No, no, no. Um, these two, I think, are pretty good, though. Rick Moranis. I could see Rick Moranis, but he's not really the type that would be like a cranky dad. Because he was in like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, yeah. and he was more neurotic. I could see him as like being kind of neurotic and like... Yeah. Maybe in that way. I think he would be... And we're only thinking Cranky Dad because that's the energy Charles Grodin brought to the part. Yeah, but... He I, might not be so cranky with someone else. I, I think Robin Williams would have really nailed the scene where George Newton is driving Beethoven to get... Yeah. Obviously, none of the animals were harmed. Oh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt has a small cameo on the bus. Oh, does he? Yeah. Oh, sweetie pie. Um, hey, it's like us. Charles Grodin was 56 when he made this movie. Really? Bonnie Hunt, only 29. Seriously? Like, yeah, it's just like us. It's not. Yeah, it's just like us. I'm 40 and you're 50, so. Yeah, just like us. That's not. Dean Jones voices the George Newton character in the Beethoven animated series. <laughs> I did see that. I was yeah. like, well, that's hilarious. There were some other people that were considered. Ed O'Neill was also considered for George Newton. Um, I can kind of see it. Because mm-hmm. he he had a lot of heat, I think, around then because of Married with Children. and Yeah. He also did this movie, Curly Sue, which I think might be a... Was he in Curly Sue? I thought he was in Dutch. Oh, you're right. Dutch. Yeah. yeah. Who was in Curly Sue? Uh, Some guy with black hair. Oh, Jim Belushi. That's it. Yikes. Curly Sue, written by John Hughes. Curly Sue is a pretty decent movie. Um, Did you ever see it? Yes. Okay. I don't really remember it at all. Dutch also, by the way, written by uh, John Hughes. I knew that. I, I remember enjoying Dutch and Curly Sue, but I don't know how I feel about it if I watched it again. I think Tim Allen who was considered would have done a very good job too. Yeah. Cause he, he, um, I think he could handle being like, I think he would have been a little bit more likable cause he yeah. was doing home improvement. I think around that time and he was kind of a lovable idiot and could still get frustrated, you know? Right. Yeah. This is, um, second year into home improvement. So, yeah, he probably wouldn't have been able to get off from doing home improvement. Probably to do not. This, but, no. Uh, and then John Ritter. But um, yeah, yeah, I kind of honestly, out of everyone that I named, I think I kind of like Tim Allen the best. Yeah, I think Tim Allen could have definitely done it. It would have been a good. Um, <sighs> I think he would have 
matched better with Bonnie Hunt, honestly. Because, yeah. yeah. like you said, I mean, Charles Grodin just seems Is so- old enough to be Bonnie Hunt's dad. Kind of. But I, I don't know. I mean, it's not like he- looked like he was old enough to be her dad because he had that beautiful hairpiece. He's um, 27 years older than Bonnie Hunt. I know. I didn't think he looked that much older than her because I feel like Bonnie Hunt has never aged. Yeah. So I guess I can kind of put her at any I feel like Bonnie age. Hunt has always been late 30s. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like always beautiful, always late 30s. She doesn't age. She's America's mom. She's America's mom, and I love her. I do, too. She's great. We've been hearing her voice quite a bit because our son is currently in love with Lightning McQueen and the movie Cars again. (sighs) Out of all the things he watches, though, Cars is one of the better things. At least we're not watching Blippi anymore. Yeah. This was a steaming pile of dog shit, Allison. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm very... The dogs were cute. And honestly, this movie really did make me love a St. Bernard. I would never fucking own one. Like, I don't know how anybody has a dog that big, but I would pet one and like hug it. There's one of the scenes where Beethoven is like super dirty and everything, and he's Mm going to shake that I was like, man, I wish I was watching Cujo right now. (laughs) You've seen Cujo, right? Uh, no, I haven't. I know what it's about, obviously, yeah. but yeah, no. Yeah. Ugh. That scene was hilarious because it's like he's playing, he was playing in the mud and then he's laying in like Charles Grodin's bed and Charles Grodin gets home and his house is trashed and he gets upstairs and the dog is just covered in mud and he's about to shake off and it keeps cutting to Charles Grodin and it's so obvious that there's people just off to the side just like slowly throwing shit on him. I do have to say he was such a sport about that because Charles Grodin takes fake dog drool to the face like a champion. He does. He does it like he is a porn star in a Bukaki film. He just takes it he like, was like that ah, is his calling. Yeah. He did. It was it was we it was weird. It was a weird shot. But he he did it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't know that it was going to be so bad. It's not sweetest thing bad, but uh, it's not much better, eh? It's not. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel like right now, if you were to say, I'm going to toss a bunch of dog drool in your face unless we watch Beethoven's second or sweetest thing, I would choose sweetest thing. Oh Jesus. Um I I know I definitely saw Beethoven second, but I really don't remember it at all. I swear to God, Allison. And I don't trust myself after rewatching this that it won't be worse. So we're good. Okay. <laughs> we're good on Beethoven movies. We had Parents? to pay for it too. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Because it was streaming for free mm, on the Roku channel. That does seem to be a, a a trend with you. That movies that end up being really shitty are the movies <laughs> that end up costing me four dollars. I'm so sorry. It was streaming for free. Um, yeah, on it the Roku, was, but it no Peacock. longer 
was but then we when watched we watched it, it after yeah. after the first of the year and i was like oh shit it was streaming for free but i want my four dollars back you can have four dollars hey you bought me starbucks this morning i did that's four dollars yeah yeah you. We're even. Okay. Um, so, parents, if you remember Beethoven fondly from when you were a kid and you now uh, have kids that you think are uh, age appropriate to watch Beethoven, do not, because you may be misremembering how fucking dark this movie is. And yeah, uh, yeah don't don't steer clear of Beethoven. Yeah, it's kind of aft. I don't think you want to watch it. Yeah. Beethoven should have been put down. The movie, not the dog. Okay. I'm like, wait, what? All right. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. Is there a movie that you remember fondly as a kid, but then when you revisited it as an adult, you were like, oh, my God. (laughs) Let us know in the Facebook group so we can also avoid that. Yeah, right. Uh, And follow us on Instagram. And uh, tell a friend about the podcast. Uh, Until next week when Mm -hmm. we find out how I'm going to get revenge on Allison by making her watch a movie. Thank you so much for listening to You Made Me Watch. Bye-bye. Bye.